Good morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along with me today. As we get into the Word of God, talk about it, pray about it, allow it to transform our lives. You know, the Bible says that, that, that each person has something filling their heart, and what's in your heart will spill out. If it's a good treasure, good treasure will come out of your mouth. It's bad stuff. Bad stuff comes out of your mouth. You want to change your speech? Change your heart. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Fill your heart with what's good and true and right and pure. That's why we're here every day to help help us be that type of people, God-honoring, God-loving people who make a difference in this world. Thanks for being with me. We've been talking about the subject of moral relativism. And in a culture that teaches us that we decide for ourselves how we want to live, we make up our own, we decide our own moral principles, often based on how we feel. We ask, how, how do, what is God's standard and how do we have it deep as a conviction in our own life, as well as something that we can teach others, especially the next generation, our children and grandchildren. Today's, as we talk about, we're going through the Ten Commandments, the second half of the Ten Commandments that relate to how we are to treat one another. And today's commandment is probably the most attacked in terms of seeking to justify, you can't always live by this, you don't expect to always live by this, and therefore this this teaching would be an aspect of moral relativism that you're not expected to keep as an absolute, and therefore that opens the door for all of the commandments to be uh, relativistic. And what I'm talking about is this ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness. Remember, as Christians, we believe our moral compass, our moral standard comes from God. And it was given to us in the Ten Commandments as well as throughout the entire Scripture. But this is the bedrock. This is the structure. This is the skeleton upon which everything else is built. Then God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord your God. He comes from a position not as our peer, not as our equal, not as someone who, you know, has an opinion on this, but he comes as the Lord God, the creator, the sustainer, and the judge of all and says, here's what's right, here's what's wrong. And these last five that we see, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet. They come with the authority and power of the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. This is not my opinion, it's not your opinion. This is God's standard. This is God's law. So so how do we deal with this, this ninth one? You know, people always say, well, Tom, you know, you wouldn't, you know, if your wife asked if you look good in a dress, you wouldn't, and she didn't, you wouldn't, you, you'd tell a little white lie, wouldn't you? And I've always wondered about that because actually, if my wife asks if she looks good in a dress and she doesn't, I think she'd prefer that I tell her so she not go out in public wearing it. So I've never understood why people think that that's uh, okay to, uh, she'd rather change and, and wear something she looks good in. But anyway, the point being we want to talk, we'll talk about this in a minute. Is there ever a time to bear false witness? Is there ever a time to lie? Is there ever a time to tell a person an untruth? And if so, when is that and how do we know? And does that teach that morals are relative or not? We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we want to talk about what does this commandment teach? 
people can undermine this and say there's times to tell a lie and it's not an absolute. And yet, let's be honest, to bear false witness can destroy a reputation. As a matter of fact, someone who can spend a lifetime building a good reputation can be destroyed in, in a matter of minutes by someone bearing false witness and making false accusations about them. False witnessing can send a person to prison. False witness can send a person to their death. False witness can, can uh, divide families, friendships, relationships, churches, and even nations. Wars have been fought because someone made a false witness and that false witness was accepted to be true. So this is not a small commandment here. This is not a small issue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And our tongue has tremendous capacity to destroy or to build up, to tear down or build up, to destroy or to edify. And so we want to be careful that we're not bearing false witness. Now, false witness, let's talk about it in relation to these five Ps that we've talked about before. Remember, when you want to help a person understand moral truth, you want them to know what it says, what is the commandment, what's the bigger principle behind the commandment, how does this reflect the nature of God, the person of God, and if you follow this, what's it protect you from, and what's it provide us with. So let's run through these real quick with this concept of bearing false witness. What is the command? Don't bear false witness. This would refer not only to lying, but also to slander and libel. Slander is when we pass on and say negative, untruthful information about someone that uh, it, verbally. Libel is when we pass on negative, untruthful information about someone in writing, say in a newspaper or, or uh, a news report or something of this nature. So slander and libel are similar. It's just one is spoken and one is written. Um, uh, so the, this is what's forbidden, okay? What's the principle behind this? The principle behind it is to be truthful, to be honest, to bear true witness, to not destroy a person with our words, whether, again, whether written or spoken, either by lying about them or about um, uh, writing about them. I hesitate here for a moment again. I knew there was something I wanted to add, and that's gossip. Let me just comment quickly. What's the difference between slander and gossip? Well, gossip could be true. Slander is not true. Libel's not true. Gossip could have truth to it, but it's telling, it, it could be a negative, but it's telling someone who really doesn't need to hear. It's just the, the, kind of the joy and excitement of having a little tidbit that is, is negative about someone, and we like, you might like to pass it on to someone. Well, that's gossip. We don't want to be gossiping. Gossip would be passing on something that's probably true, but you shouldn't be saying it. Slander is passing on bearing false witness, things that aren't true, and obviously should not be said. We're to be honest. The principle is honesty. Not, not giving half-truths that give a false impression. Not, not bearing witness in such a way that it leaves the false impression, even if I didn't technically lie. The point here is I will be honest and I'll be truthful. Why? Well, because God is truthful. God's not a liar. 
God, God is, God comes to, brings us the truth. Keep in mind, we often talk about the Christian faith. Truth matters. Truth is important. Many people say that Christianity is based on faith. I argue that no, Christianity is really based on truth, the truths about Jesus Christ. In a culture that, that doesn't value truth anymore, it values feelings over truth how I feel about something, okay, that might not necessarily be accurate, factual, but it makes me feel hurt or it makes me feel bad or I don't feel good if you say this, so therefore uh, we question the truthfulness of it. And this whole idea where in a culture today where people say, well, that's your truth, this is my truth, and the, the, our culture has lost the standard of what does truth even mean, what is factual and real, it often comes down to opinion, perspective, and so forth. It's important that we understand our, our God is the source of truth. Jesus is the truth. The truth sets us free. People who believe untruths often think they're right. People who believe things that are not true often think that they are true. And so it's so important in our world today that we bear true witness. Now, this includes, I mean, obviously things like if you're ever in a court of law, you, you put your hand on the Bible, you swear to tell the truth, and you should. But Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You shouldn't only be technically telling the truth if you're under oath. You should, tell it all, you should always tell the truth. And indeed, when we talk about bearing false witness, this is, this is basically talking about damaging or destroying a person's character, reputation, or speaking things that are hurtful about, intended to hurt a person falsely. But remember, we're also called to be true witnesses of Jesus Christ. Some of the worst false witness out there are the, the cults, the false teaching, the false teaching about God, not only by religious groups, but in the secular world, the teachers out there in the universities and so forth and public universities that are teaching falsely about Jesus Christ are giving a false witness about him. All these things are destructive. And as we talk about the destructiveness of false witness, some of it can land you in jail. Some of it can maybe break up a marriage, but some of it can land you in hell if you are giving and or receiving a false witness about God and about who he is and about the scripture and about Jesus. What does the false, if we don't give a false witness, what does that protect us from? Well, it protects us from all these things we've said. False witness lies can destroy people, relationships, families, churches, nations, soul, the soul. The devil, you know, as we talk about wanting to be like God, God is a truth teller. The devil the very word devil comes from the word diabolos. Diabolos in the Greek, the word means the slanderer. This is one of the devil's strategies. That's why it's his very name, diabolos, the slanderer. And the passing on, the bearing of false witness about another to mislead, to deceive, or destroy them is devilish. And so this protects us from the, the evil that comes from the destruction that comes from this. It provides for, a, again, a healthy and secure relationship. If you know a person's walking in integrity, telling you the truth, you can count on them, you can trust what they say, then, then they've got a good reputation and you can trust them and you have good, healthy relationships where that trust has been broken due to false speaking, 
bearing false witness, lying, slandering, etc., trust is gone. This is the problem with our media today, is it not? Our media has lost the trust of the American people. They have turned from accurately reporting, they've borne false witness so often about political candidates or, or hot-button issues. They've borne false witness in such a way that people have lost trust in the media. They've lost trust in the source of our news. They just don't trust them anymore. They think they're advocates rather than faithful reporters. And this is part of how we see a, a society break down and turn against one another when we don't trust the people who the people who are entrusted with giving us our information to make good decisions. We no longer trust them. This is what happens when people bear false witness. There are consequences. We reap what we sow. And people who have given us a false witness, if there's someone who's given you a false witness in life, it's hard to trust them again. It's hard to trust them, whether it's, again, on the national level, local level, a family member, even someone in your church. So integrity matters. Truthfulness matters. But what about this question about is it ever right to lie? Was there a time in the Bible where anyone was commended for telling an untruth? Well, there, yeah, yes, there was. It was Rahab the harlot. Remember, she had hid the spies, in uh, the, the, the two Israel spies, the Jewish spies would come to spy out the land, and uh, they were being hunted down there, and, and she hid them. And when the people came looking for them, she said, no, no, they went off that direction. And she was commended for her faith, commended for her faith. Most of us aren't ever put in a situation where telling the truth would mean someone dies, an innocent person is, is, is killed. You can think of situations like that for back in Nazi Germany when someone, you know, are you hiding Jews or do you know where Jews are? Should you have told the truth? Should you have, should you have cooperated with the Gestapo, the SS, or should you have told them a lie in order to protect innocent life. Well, of course, we know if you would have told a lie, you put yourself in danger. If you're found out to have lied to these people, then you're going to get the trouble that they got. So this is not kind of like you're being telling a lie because you were going to get in trouble. Telling the lie would have gotten you in trouble if you got caught because the authority or the people you're communicating with are evil with evil intent. So I personally believe Rahab did the right thing, and I believe there could be a situation where you have to do that. And how do you know? And so, so how do you know? Well, there's two things here. Philosophically, I believe that the Ten Commandments are in a, in a hierarchical sense, meaning this. If you come to a place where two commandments are in conflict with one another— what you are to, what I believe you should follow, what you should give preference to is the, the one that came earlier in the Ten Commandments. I believe, in other words, they, they are in a particular order. Notice here, when we, in these last five, to murder someone would be worse than to commit adultery with them. To commit adultery would be worse than to steal. To steal would be worse than false witness, and to bear, and bear false witness would be worse than uh, coveting. Put the other way, if you're going to harm me, I would rather you um, uh, covet what's mine than, than lie to me or about me. I'd rather you lie about me than steal my property. I'd rather you steal my property than commit adultery with my wife, and I'd rather you commit adultery with my wife than you murder her. You see what I'm saying? There's a hierarchy here. If it came down to it, we always trying to say we want to keep all of them, but if you can't, 
what you want to do is give preference to the ones that came earlier in the hierarchy. And the second way of looking at this and is we see in Paul in the New Testament, and that is it all comes down to love. What is the most loving thing to do? Notice he says in Romans 13, For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, it's summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbors yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And so what we always do is what is the loving thing? In other words, if I, had a, if I was faced with a situation, and I, this is to me like the only situation where I can think of, but if I was faced where me telling an evil person the truth would mean that an innocent person got murdered, I would not cooperate with that person. I would want to mislead them. If someone came, if, if, if some woman came running down the street covered in blood and, and her clothes were ripped and she's screaming, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me, and she runs off to the right. And, if, and 30 seconds later, some guy comes with blood all over him and a knife in his hand and raging, and he said, did you see a woman come running down here? Which way did she go? I'd probably point the other direction, and I think that would be the right thing to do because I'm not going to cooperate with the murderer. I'm going to try and protect the innocent life. To me, you see, this is, this is an example of the teaching of moral relativism. Does this mean that morals are relative, that you would, you would not cooperate with a murder? No, it means that all of God's moral truth is under the umbrella of love God and love your neighbor. And so we follow his commandments, and it is the loving thing to do. And we never want to let someone manipulate us into following a commandment in a way that actually is unloving and would violate one of the other commandments. I hope this is clear. This is, I don't mean to open a can of worms here, but this is the, this is the, the one command that in classes is taught moral. You know, you can't always live by this one. And they give you an example like I just shared and they say, see, morals are relative after all. They're not absolute. You can change them according to the situation. And if you agree with that, that opens the door to say there's times abortion's okay, there's time uh, other mor sexual immorality's okay. We're not saying that. We're saying all of God's commandments come under the heading of love. And love, love uh, does no wrong to a neighbor. I hope that's clear. All right, Father in heaven. We thank you that you are truthful. We think we have a spiritual enemy who is a liar and a slanderer and a deceiver. We don't ever want to fall into his camp. We pray that we would be truthful people. I thank you, Father, that when we speak the truth, we build integrity, we build trust, we build strong relationships, we build healthy families, healthy churches. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it's but Lord, even if there's times that it's difficult to hear or it hurts, it continues to build that confidence and trust in one another. I pray, Father, that we would learn if we must have difficult conversations, we'd learn how to have them graciously, kindly, without anger, without accusation, without judging, without manipulation. We'd learn how to say the difficult things in a gracious way so that we are, it's productive and winsome. I pray, Father, also, though, that we would, I pray that we'd be trustworthy people. I pray that people would know that if they hear from us, they, they get what we're really thinking. We're not liars. We're not deceivers. We're not, we're not uh, 
manipulators. I pray, Father, we would bear true witness. We pray today we'd be bearing true witness of Jesus Christ. We pray that we would speak up for him and be a witness of the resurrection, a witness of the gospel, a witness of the salvation found in Jesus Christ. This is the true witness that needs to be heard throughout our world. And I pray, Father, there's so much false witness. There's so much lies. Our media, our, so often in our government, in our business dealings, uh, all over, Lord. And I pray, Father, we just not participate in it. Protect our hearts and our tongues from lying, from slandering, and from gossip. We pray, Father, that our, from our mouth will come words of life, not words of death. From our mouths will come words that inspire, build up, and edify, not words designed to tear down and destroy good people. We pray for this. We give you this day. Fill us with your spirit today. All that we ask to be, Lord, we know that we need the spirit of God to fill us. This is not just our own self-discipline. It's the spirit of God, but we thank you. The spirit of God lives in us. Hallelujah. This is not, we don't live the Christian life on our own. The Spirit of God lives in us. And I do pray that also, Lord, each one of us would have good Christian community of people who do bring out the best in us and inspire the best in us. We pray for that. We give you this day to walk with you, to love you, and to be lights to this world because Jesus lives in us. We bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. We, I, I don't know if you realize, we're here every day, 8.30 a.m. We come here and we live stream, or you can watch later on YouTube, and you can, uh, uh, or you can even hear the, just the audio on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I encourage you to do so. We need the Word of God every day. We need to fill our heart, mind, and soul with the Word of God so that this, the Word of God and the truths of God spill out through us. That's what we want to do. We don't want negative stuff spilling out. And that's what happens. What you fill in your heart, that's what comes out. The Word of God's a treasure. Let's fill our lives with the treasure of God's Word. So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, make His face shine upon you, fill you with His Holy Spirit, and fill you with the fullness of His love, His peace, His courage, His wisdom, and His joy. Remember, you've got something the world didn't give you, so don't let the world take it away from you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.